The Start On Demand. On demand. Vaccine hesitancy in the Southern Health region continues. We had over 100 cases of COVID in Manitoba on Wednesday. That's the highest number in two months, and nearly half of them are in the Southern Health region. So we had a conversation today with the mayor of Winkler that got a lot of reaction from you. Loren came back today, and she's a big fan of the TV show The Office. And she came back just in time to talk about The Office and Beats. We spoke to the co-author of a book called Beat This, an unofficial Shroot Farms cookbook. And talking to strangers can make you happier. Got a stranger story? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, August 26th podcast for The Start. Good morning. My name is Brett McGarry, and I say hello to Greg Mackling, and we can also say hello to someone else, Mr. Mackling. I think Loren McNabb is on the line, back in the stable, so to speak. Back in the stable. Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's an expression. Sure, I'm back in back in my stall, mucking out my stall right now. Well, I was Having trying some two-factor authentication launching <laughs> laptop issues in my stall right now, but other than that... Well, the theme of the day is beets and farming, so I thought I would go there right off the bat. I guess that <laughs> fell flat uh, as a pancake. I apologize. <laughs> I'm pleased that we're, you guys held off on doing this interview until I was back because uh, as I, first of all, I like beets, but I love the saying bears, beets, Battlestar Galactica. Did I even, I just mucked that up, speaking of mucking out stalls. <laughs> And uh, that's from this, the office where Dwight Shute, of course, is a beet farmer. And we are going to talk beets later today. How come? Well, hang, before that, I'm going to play this. You know, you can always refinance your mortgage. We had a 15-year on our beet farm. We paid it off early. Yeah, well, you know what? Nobody cares about your stupid beet farm. Beets are the worst. People love beets. Nobody likes beets. Everyone loves beets. Nobody likes beets, Dwight. Why don't you grow something that everybody does like? You should grow candy. <laughs> I'd love a piece of candy right now. Not a beat. So at 9.35, we are going to meet one of the authors of a book called Beat This, an unofficial Shroot Farms cookbook. And they offered up the author on Monday. And I, I said to the, the publicist, like, Ah, oh, Loren's not not working on Monday. She'll have our heads if we do <laughs> if, we, if we do an interview on the office and beats, and she's not present. So we're doing that at nine thirty five. We're excited. Thank you, thank you for doing that. Yes, of course, I love the office. I love Dwight Trude, and I tried to grow beets for the first time this year, and um, they're about the size of a nickel, which is not what a beet's supposed to look like. So we'll have to try again next year. But I I do I like beets, and you, you like radishes too, don't you? I love radishes. <laughs> on Greg's face right now. Oh, you get studio. a good garden radish. You get a good beet. You get you got me made. You can put those together if you want in a salad. The only beets I like are the ones I put over my ears and, and listen to Foo Fighters <laughs> with, okay? <laughs> so I still that, think you've had them right. 
He's given up. Uh, <laughs> what did you do in there? He's gone home. I don't know. I'm looking at the monitor. He looks like he's in distress. <laughs> well, it's ironic. I just make a crack about headphones. And as I said it, my headphones uh, came unplugged. So I need wireless headphones in here, please. <laughs> Some beats of a different sort for my studio. Mike uh, Geisen, if you're listening this morning. So that's coming up at 9.35. Also today, Loren, uh, we're going to hear more on this at 6.37 and then at 8.07 when we speak to the mayor of Winkler, uh, but some consternation in the southern uh, health region after we saw yesterday a big spike in COVID cases. Yeah, we saw a spike in COVID cases and just under half of the cases uh, came from the southern health region. We know that a lot of the cases that we're seeing right now are coming from the unvaccinated. And so we're going to visit with the mayor of Winkler at 8 o'clock, but we're going to play some audio from him at 6.30 because uh, Global's Joe Scarpelli spoke to him and about the fact that, you know, of the 105 cases announced yesterday, 70 were not fully vaccinated, including 41 cases from Southern Health. And so he asked the mayor, like, what's what can we do to get people, convince them to get vaccinated? And some of his answers surprised me and also frustrated me. You'll hear a bit more of that at 630. But the, one of the things was that the people there want to have a good reason to. They don't want to be scolded or yelled at. They want to just sort of have a, a reality-based story. And to me, the numbers are the reality-based story. If peop- the majority of people contracting COVID-19 are unvaccinated, and the worst un- outcomes in hospitals are coming largely in the unvaccinated, I don't know what more reality-based story one needs to hear, Greg. Well, the triple-digit number yesterday uh, also, unfortunately, jaded me somewhat. I was celebrating on Tuesday the fact that it felt as though the government was being and public health officials were being proactive with reinstating the mask mandate and some of the other vaccine passport rules that are set to come into place at some point. We don't know if that'll be tom- tomorrow or today that we hear more about that, but uh, it feels as though this was on the horizon, like maybe they were getting hints of this and, and they're maybe being uh, just slightly reactive and slightly proactive at the same time based on what was coming down the chute uh, with regard to these numbers. So that that was my big disappointment yesterday. And then you have to wonder if some of these uh, restrictions and some of these uh, programs and plans will be geographically specific. I don't know if... Uh, Public health officials are prepared to go there, but Dr. Rusin has, has said when asked about it, nothing is off the table. Hmm. The mayor of Winkler did also say that the division is growing, and we've talked about that before, that divide, deepening divide between the vaxxed and unvaxxed. And I will say this, there is also a line, Brett, just in traveling around this province this summer. I just yesterday was in Winnipeg doing some back-to-school shopping, and then my kids have swimming lessons south of the city, and the difference between... People wearing masks in Winnipeg and in the bedroom communities around Winnipeg and then going 50 kilometers south was you went, I went from 90 percent people wearing masks to I was the only one in two stores wearing a mask mm. um, when I got in and around sort of south on 75 in the Morris area. So I was just, you know, I, I don't know if there's just a line when people get outside the city in a certain respect. They just don't feel as concerned or, or what the heck's going on there. That said, I've gone to Western Manitoba plenty and there's still a lot of people wearing masks and I know a lot the vaccine uptake there is high. So I just I can't f- figure out what it is specifically about this wall that's almost gone up uh, once you get to that Morden Winkler area. So we'll have more on that at 637 and at 807 we will speak to the mayor of Winkler. And we're also going to talk about strangers at 645 for your chance to win bomber tickets. 
There's a new survey that says talking to strangers could make you happier. So if you've got a stranger story, tell us at 204-780-6868. We'll get more into it at 645. And then, of course, you can win those bomber tickets. We'll give those away just after 915. Mackling McGarry and McNabb with COVID-19 cases rising in Canada. There is yet again no briefing from the Canada Public Health Agency. Since the federal election was called, there hasn't been a peep from Canada's top doctors, Greg. Global News has been pushing for answers, and uh, our Abigail Beeman was on the campaign trail with Liberal leader Justin Trudeau and asked him why this is no longer happening, especially with cases increasing in the fourth wave. Hear me? I'm unmuted. While they had regular technical hiccups, pandemic briefings have happened regularly for the past year and a half. Daily in-person updates are really important. But since the election call, not a one, the written updates continue. If we allow a federal election to derail that job, right, that that explicit role that they play, then to me, I, I start to question how much politics is is playing into these releases, the timing of these releases. And there's been no modeling update since July 30th. We relate to people, not just to data. You know, data will be important, but it's clear that the way we're all built, we actually just want to hear this directly from the horse's mouth. So we asked Justin Trudeau about it. We know. Uh, how important it is to end this pandemic once and for all. That's why every day uh, I'm using the opportunity to speak to Canadians to remind them to get vaccinated. Are you suggesting that your comments along the campaign trail about vaccination are equivalent to briefings coming from Dr. Tam and Dr. New? And as well, have you or anyone in the Prime Minister's office directed fact to hold off on these briefings during the election? During uh, a a democratic event like an election, uh, our government and our officials continue to work every single day to keep Canadians safe. He didn't answer me, but later said this. Public Health Agency of Canada makes uh, its decisions about how to best uh, communicate in various situations. Public Health told Global News the decision on how to communicate with Canadians is, quote, entirely within Dr. Theresa Tam's purview. But, like Trudeau, sidestepped the question of whether they had been directed to stop holding in-person briefings. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Richmond, B.C. So this just is borderline. This is just ridiculous. It's not borderline ridiculous. This is ridiculous. So during elections, this happens provincially, too. They have sort of what's like a... They go into caretaker mode, or we sometimes call it a blackout period, or we aren't, we aren't allowed to get a lot of information from government officials because it could come across like they're promoting something that the governing party is doing, and then it falls into this murky area of, oh, are you campaigning on behalf of the government, or, or could that come across like an ad if you talk about something government-related during the election? I do not think anyone in the public would say hearing from Dr. Theresa Tam on the next steps in this pandemic are promoting in any way what the Liberals are doing or promoting government or would come across like an ad, it's information. But this is where things get murky and, frankly, ridiculous in campaigns because these periods have been used often to just not answer questions from media. Oh, we can't answer that because of the election. We'll answer that after the election. Well, this, at the very least, needs to be taken care of. They need to continue doing their updates. They need to get back on track of that. And no one's going to think at all they're kind campaigning on behalf of Justin Trudeau. I think sometimes the lack of communication and that stand comes across as political on its own. Absolutely.
Yes, it comes across like now you're not answering because if you answer that question, that might come across badly for the governing party. And then therefore you say, well, we'll leave this until after we're elected. That's how it looks sometimes. But this is this is insane. Just get back to your regular updates. And I didn't even understand any of Trudeau's answers in that one. Mackling McGarry McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. Question of the day at CJOB.com. Yesterday's results with a fourth wave looming, should kids be returning to the classroom? 81% say yes, 19% say no. You can still cast your vote at CJOB.com. We'll get a new question up for you uh, soon this morning. We will have a little tete-a-tete, come up with a new question. We'll cobble one together. ABC, always be cobbling. Is that Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Is, is it that Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the takeoff on the Glengarry Glenn Ross, ABC Always Be Closing. That's right. One of the great movie scenes of all time. That's right. And then coming up after Global News at 7 o'clock, Loren, we're talking climate change. Yeah, and I think that with the drought that we experienced for much of this year and parts of last year uh, in sections of the province as well, despite all this rain, we've been talking drought, we've been talking wildfires in BC, what's contributing to everything that we're seeing uh, in terms of global warming and climate change. And so we're asking the question to listeners, is climate change actually something that's going to change the way you maybe vote this election? Is it top of mind? Does it impact? Do you care what the policies are? Or is it kind of one of those things that you say, yes, I care about, but, and you put other things higher on the list. So we'll have that chat just after seven. There was a significant spike in new COVID-19 cases in Manitoba yesterday, Greg, with the highest number in two months. Yeah, I'll take a deep breath here before I read this number. 105 infections were identified yesterday with nearly half of them in the Southern Health region and less than a quarter of those numbers were in Winnipeg. As numbers rise, Loren, the push to get more people vaccinated is ramping up. Yeah, and again, it's been said over and over again, the vaccine is not a cure, but its effectiveness in keeping people out of hospital, keeping those extreme circumstances uh, has been proven time and again. Still, as Global's Joe Scarpelli explains, one mayor isn't so sure his city is listening. A sudden spike in COVID-19 cases as Manitoba braces for what could be a devastating fourth wave, which threatens some areas worse than others. 41 of Wednesday's new cases are in Southern Health, the most of all regions in the province. Southern Health includes the RM of Stanley, where just 22% of the population has been fully vaccinated. In that RM is the city of Winkler, which seems to be stuck at under 40%. The divide uh, there has certainly been very noticeable and it's uh, become deeper and deeper. Of the most recent 105 new COVID-19 cases, 70 were not fully vaccinated. Health officials say the fully vaccinated ones are far less likely to spread the virus and experience severe outcomes. But Winkler's mayor, a former salesman, says the divide is getting deeper each time the unvaccinated feel pressured by the province to get in line for a shot. He'd instead like to see government officials take a softer approach to sell the vaccine and share some more success stories. Rather than than a hammer coming down, well, now there's going to be more restrictions, we'll teach the rest of you a lesson. So it, it's, it's just it's just so wrong, and uh, I've never been able to sell anything that way. We need testimonials of people who actually have benefited from it. But without more real-world examples and a clear path back to normal life... It won't budge the needle, I'm sorry. And as a result, won't bring a once tight-knit community back together.
Joe Scarpelli, Global News. So I mentioned it uh, earlier in the program. Uh, Will we see regional rules? Will we see things different for parts of the province or one part of the province, several parts of the province that we won't see maybe in Winnipeg or in western Manitoba where the where the numbers are low and vaccination rates are higher than this particular area in southern Manitoba. And the question again, I'm gonna ask it again. Monday we saw this announcement from Dr. Rusin from the from the Premier about increase the intention to change public health rules, reinstate the mask mandate, amongst other things, vaccination passports required. We don't know for which places yet, but there is certainly reason to believe that that will include uh, restaurants, gyms, uh, other places of entertainment, as we've seen in other provinces. We've heard this message from this part of the province for months, Loren. A harder message. We have to. We have to craft the message in, in a different way, more subtly. Just you know, uh, shaming and and pointing fingers is not going to work. Well, we're months into this. This isn't just a brand new problem. We've been talking about this since vaccinations were launched months ago, and nothing seems to be moving the needle in this part of the province. Why is that? Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really confounded. If you're, if you live in that region and you are vaccinated or aren't vaccinated, share your thoughts with us because, like, I, I, I get it. You don't want to be have fingers pointed at you. You don't want to be wearing the blame. You don't want to be told you're doing something wrong or you're doing something right. You don't want to have this divide deep. And I understand all of that. But what is it that you're hearing or not hearing that is so troublesome to you? What is it that you're not hearing that irks you that has you saying, forget it, I'm not doing it because I don't like to be told what to do? Or is is that part of it? You know, you'd rather have more of a say in this. I don't, I don't know. But the, you know, public health has had to time and again, come out with lines like this in a statement to Global News yesterday. They said the vaccine's effectiveness is 88 to 90%. No vaccine is 100% effective, and it's not expected that when the vast majority of the population is vaccinated, that we will see cases in those who are vaccinated. It does not mean the vaccine is not effective. It means this virus is circulating. So yes, vaccinated people can still get it, but your outcomes are usually better. There's all sorts of data supporting that. Like, Is there a number? Is there something you're just not hearing that isn't working for you? And that's why you're still not going to get it. The, the uptake is extraordinarily low, not just in Winkler and the arm of Stanley and the arm of Hanover. We're still shy of 50%. Um, Altona's just shy of 50% vaccinated. Roland Thompson, that's just west of the Morris area. It's only at 54% vaccinated. So there's a lot of work to be done still. Two things. I got an email I want to read and a text message, and then I'll comment on them both. Bob emailed us yesterday saying, I followed all of the rules, washed my hands, kept my distance, wore a mask, and got double vaxxed. Last week, I was able to go shopping without a mask. Now you're asking me to put my mask back on to protect the folks who refuse to get vaxxed. Why would their rights trump mine? Okay, so that's the email. And then the text message from Clint this morning says, you are not going to convince people by judging, vilifying, and restricting them for their choice. Sorry. So I think a couple of things. The the masks, I see that as, as trying to protect those who can't be vaccinated, like kids. You know, we're seeing a surge in the United States, for example, uh, with the Delta variant is uh, making kids sick. And in some cases, kids are dying. Uh, so I have no problem putting on the ma- putting the mask back on uh, to protect those who can't get vaccinated. And as well as as far as the judging or restricting, like we know we're either today or tomorrow, we're going to hear from the province this list of things that they're going to uh, say you need to be double vaccinated. 
created. I, t- I try to see not so much as restriction, more as protection, trying to protect the unvaccinated or to protect, like maybe you go into an environment uh, where there are people who are unvaccinated or you, and then you can pass that virus on to a child. So... Is it the language then? Maybe we, re, you know, you reframe it like that. Yes. That happens all the time, like branding and sales, right? You just change the slight, the word instead of restrictions, as you said, protection. Here's the steps we're going to take to protect the kids right now. Or oh, reward. Here's the reward for the yes. vac- vaccinated. You get to do this. These amenities will be available to you under normal circumstances. If 0% of Manitobans were vaccinated, we would have to close all of these services for the sake of public health. But because a certain percentage of the population has been double vaccinated, those people will be rewarded with the opportunity to attend these things. I think language is very important. The mayor of Winkler said it himself. Mackling McGarry and McNabb, here's the headline. Talking to strangers could make you happier. Canadian survey finds. Goes on to say, results from the GenWell Project survey, which got almost 4,000 responses during the third wave of COVID-19, are out. The Canadian Social Connections Survey is about understanding our connections or lack of human connections during the pandemic. And the story goes on to look at the findings at what you can do to get happier. And that includes talking to strangers. So you can read more on that at cjob.com or globalnews.ca. But right now, let's talk about strangers. Do you ever talk to them? On the street, in the elevator, wherever? Do you like it when strangers talk to you? Maybe you have a story about a chance encounter with a stranger that turned out to be a good thing or something helpful. Or maybe you have a story where a stranger drove you nuts, like if you're stuck sitting beside a chatterbox on an airplane. 204-780-6868. Shoot us a text for a chance to win bomber tickets Sunday, August 29th. This Sunday, IG Field, Bombers and Stampeders. Jeff Braun, I want to start with you on this. Yeah, no, I got a story about a stranger that infuriated me. How about that? Yes. Um, <laughs> as a teenager, we were, I was driving from Altona to the beach in Morden to go. Uh, my friends that were already out there. I got off work and I was going to go join them. I was very excited. I get in the car. I head out on the highway and the car starts making some weird noises and doing some funky things. So I was like, I, I knew I was like, oh, this car is not going to make it to Morden. So just as I got it turned around to try and drive back home, it died on me and I was stuck on the side of the highway and I was there for a few minutes and I, this was, you know, 1992 or three. So it was pre-cell phone and all this business. And I was kind of wondering, it's like, well, what am I going to do now? And a car just pulls over and I was like, oh, thank goodness. Someone's going to help me. And it was this old man. He goes, is, is that Ike Braun's car? And that's my dad's name. And I was like, yes, it is. I'm his son. And he's like, oh, I thought that looked like Ike's car. So it broke down, eh? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, good luck to you. And then he drove away. And <laughs> he just, I was like 10 minutes away from Altona. I was like, and I asked him, I was like, could you give me a ride? He's like, oh, I'm going the other way. So it's like, oh, I was mad. I'd never been so mad at someone. He only stopped just to see that he was, you know, that he knew what whose car it was, but he didn't want to help him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that is tremendous. <laughs> uh, Mackling, what about you? Oh, one of my favorite uh, chance encounters was actually one my mother-in-law had when my uh, boys were born. Uh, my mother-in-law for years had every Wednesday with the boys, and one day she was out walking, with the boys in their carriage and noticed another woman uh, pushing a carriage as well with a baby in it. So my mother-in-law thought it would be a great idea for this person 
to uh, meet our family because we lived five doors apart and never met one another. And we were, you know, basically raising toddlers at exactly the same time. And so uh, in my wife's uh, late 20s, there was her mom arranging a play date for her and her new friend on the block. And now nearly uh, 17 years later, or not 17, I guess it's 15 years now, uh, they are uh, two of our best friends. So, oh. yeah. So uh, thanks, moms, for uh, for arranging that play day with uh, Amber and Jackie back in the day. Right on, man. That's great. Mr. Poitras, what about you? Uh, I, I don't like small talk. I, <laughs> I, I avoid uh, certain businesses. I won't go in there anymore if, if the owner gets a little too chatty with me. Um, I just like I, I will actively not say hello to people that I see every single day because then I feel obligated that I have to talk to that person every single day and I just don't want to. So yeah, I like I'm I, when it comes to strangers, I, I I don't mind like a passing like little kibitz comment, hey, yeah, there you go, and then then move on, and I never want to speak to that person again. So. Yeah, I, I just, it's kind of weird. Maybe somebody in radio doesn't like uh, small talk, but I, I cannot stand it. And I and I will actively avoid your business. If if I go in there a couple times and the guy's like, wants to like get to know me and like know what my story, life story is. And I'm sorry, man, I'm, I'll be very nice to you at the time, but I will never come back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sort of be a downer, but no, I can't, a- I can't stand it. I can't, like, I just drives me nuts. Like, I, mean- I, I just, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. In the words of, uh, in, in in the in the words of uh, of Goodfellas, I, I I can't do it, Henry. I can't I can't do it. I I, I just can't have it. Small talk isn't really my thing either, uh, Poitras. So you're yeah. not alone there, Mister Forte. Well, I have awkward uh, encounters with strangers, especially when you know I'm heading into my apartment building and I don't know someone. They're heading towards the door, and I'm like, I don't know you. I can't let you in. And they're staring at me, and I'm staring at them. And you have that awkward like moment, and I just like slowly walk away. And it happens all the time. Does anyone else have that? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. When you live in a secure building and you don't know who's coming. Oh, yeah. That, that's happened lots of times. It is awkward. You're not alone in that, Jeff. All right. And Loren McNabb. I love awkward encounters. The only time I don't like it is when I go into, like, I do not like to be asked at all in clothing stores, can I help you with something? Like, I avoid eye contact and then I get all nervous when I'm asked. But otherwise, I like the small talk. I like chatting with people in elevators. I like telling jokes. There's a guy that used to always wear bomber stuff in the elevator at 201 and every day I'd see him I'd be like oh looking forward to the game this weekend and he never wanted to talk about it and so I'd be like why are you wearing all that gear Mm -hmm. if you never want to talk about the game and there was one story yes you just I like you're up that's a that's a two minute ride sometime in that elevator and I'll never forget being pregnant eight months pregnant with my second son riding in the elevator with uh, former co-host Heather Steele at Global TV and this guy turns to say to me so when's the big day I'm noticeably pregnant, and I said, what are you talking about, (laughs) just to mess with him? And he said, seriously, like, what's the big day? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I stared at him for, like, 25 seconds, rubbing my belly very obnoxiously. And then finally I was like, ah, I'm just messing with you. I'm due in a couple weeks. And you could tell he was, like, all sweaty and breathing heavily, and I I, I love that kind of stuff. You're terrible. I know. You're just terrible. Wonderful. I can't wait to see you in an elevator again someday, Fortune. No, I'm scared now. (laughs) 204 780 6868. Got a story about a stranger? Tell it to us for a chance to win tickets to see the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Sunday, August 29th. They're taking on Calgary.
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. We're asking you to tell us stories about a stranger encounter. And uh, we got a message here from Gail who says, We tell our children not to talk to strangers. It's like that line in Home Alone. I can't talk to you. Why? Because you're a stranger. Uh, But uh, as, as adults, especially if you're in the service industry... You talk to strangers all the time. Well, my best stranger story was when I was working on the train. I got to meet two couples from the States. One gentleman was a retired banker. The other was a retired undertaker. They were traveling together. I was with them on their trip to Churchill both ways. And when we got back to Winnipeg, I offered to give them a tour of the city. The women wanted to go shopping. The one guy wanted to see a funeral home. So I dropped the ladies off at Portage Place Mall. It was just opened at that time. So it was even new for me. And I took the guys to a funeral home not too far from the mall. And after that, we drove around the city. I showed them some of the more prominent buildings, took them back to their hotel. They asked my husband and I to join them for supper before they got on the train to go to Vancouver. Uh, I want to know more about this funeral home side trip. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, was this something they wanted to see in Winnipeg? Am I, I missing something? Well, one of them was an undertaker, a retired undertaker. There it is. Okay. All right. He's I did. I was missing something. Learn more about his trade. It's a good point about talking to strangers, right? I have to say, yesterday I pulled over on the side of the road on 75 in a safe spot near an approach, quite frankly, to um, just yell at my children. And... I had to stop the car because I was getting so distracted. And then two seconds later, my son says, my eldest, uh, mom, someone pulled up behind us. And I immediately went to the worst case scenario. Like, oh no, like what's this person doing? What are they going to do? Why are they stopping? And so I rolled down my window a little bit, looked out and he said, and he stopped and said, sorry, I just wanted to see if you were okay. And I was so relieved and so overcome with the fact that someone actually stopped to check in on me. But also really disheartened to think that my first instinct was something bad was about to happen as opposed to someone trying to do some good. Small town salute. This morning we are heading south of the city of Winnipeg to catch up with a couple who get up in the wee hours of the morning to ply their craft. They are known as two old crows, and that's their term, not ours, just so it's clear. And by all accounts, Brett, they cook up some incredible barbecue. They may in fact be doing so Right now, Noella and Alan Bridge are the proprietors of Two Old Crows Barbecue Smokehouse. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. Uh, what time did you get up this morning, and what are you doing right now? Well, right now I'm uh, just uh, getting ready to put a pork belly on and uh, pork butt for this afternoon. Woo. And uh, yeah, yeah, brisket's been on all night, and uh, that's coming off. And on goes uh, on goes the pork products. So, two old crows barbecue and smokehouse. Is this uh, is this like a, a stand? Like, is it uh, in a shop or is it uh, a, like is it a truck? What is, what's your your story? Well, what it is, it's a, a food trailer with an extension on the rear that's manufactured uh, in the states, and it has uh, it's equipped with two big smokers, and uh, we cook right out of our yard. That's what we do. So, where do we find you? Well, we're five miles west of Miami on 23 Highway, and it's uh, our uh, driveway number is 40036. It's uh, easy to find. Google Maps, they got uh, somebody put up a, a thing on Google Maps for us. It's got all our directions, our, uh, lots of comments, lots of reviews. It's actually pretty neat. So what uh, I'm looking at the, the Facebook page now, and I see the uh, looks like a snapshot of the menu. I can't quite read it. 
Um, he says he got ice cream, burgers, and fries. So uh, what kind of stuff might I find in the two Old Crows barbecue and smokehouse? Oh, we do uh, pork belly. Uh, we also do uh, brisket. We make the brisket into sandwiches as well as meals. We make the pork belly into sandwiches as well as meals. We do uh, all your variety of your regular uh, food trailer uh, stuff. Yeah. Ribs. Um, I do lots of specials, uh, bacon wrap, turkey drumsticks. I do all Every weekend I put something up on our on our page and, and we do a special of some kind. And it's not unusual for you guys to sell out either. Is uh, Noella handy there, Alan? Yeah, she's right here. Will yes, she speak with us? Hi, Noella. How are you? I'm doing good. And you? Doing very well. So, two old crows. Where did this name come from, and how long you been up to this? Uh, two old crows came from uh, both of us calling each other old crows. <laughs> That's pretty where where it came from, and we've been in business now for almost two years. We're coming to the end of our second season there very shortly, and uh, it's going well. Yeah, how is and how is the business? Like, do you guys have uh, uh, lineups? Uh, yes, yes. Sometimes too long, but we try and get through them. So is this uh, two years? So what did you do before this, Noella? Is this something that uh, you're doing uh, following a career in something else? Have you always been a hospitality or restaurant type person, a cook? Uh, tell us a little bit about how this came to be. Yes, I uh, pretty well for the majority of my life I've been in the restaurant business. Uh, Alan has been in the mining business. And uh, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2018, so Alan... Uh, quit his job and stayed home and took care of me, and he's the one who decided to uh, get the trailer going, and here we are. So, Alan, what time do you guys wake up to start working on your, your meat? Well, I spend that time my uh, phone calls me. I got everything's on uh, remote. Say that again? Are you still there? Everything is on remote. Like when I uh, set up my, my smoke, my brisket all night, so what I do is I have a phone set up, so uh, it tells me when it's at 165, when it's wrap time, and then I get up, go out, and do what I got to do, and and then uh, pork usually is done during the day. Outstanding stuff. Thanks for this, folks. We appreciate you joining us on our small town salute. And uh, one more time, uh, Noella, how do we get to you? We're five miles west of Miami on Highway 23. 204-823-0044. Say that number again. 204-823-0044. All right, Alan and Noella Bridge, the two old crows, barbecue and smokehouse. Thank you very much for joining us today on the Small Town Salute. And indeed, I'm looking. If you just Google it, two old crows, barbecue and smokehouse, you'll find up. their Facebook page. You'll also find uh, front and center on Google a picture of the the map, and uh, they've got you know burgers, chicken burger, farmer's burger with pierogies, a spicy black bean burger, pork belly, smoked brisket, Texas cheesesteak. I'm so hungry, Greg. <sighs> Is there anything better than all that stuff in a side of pierogies? Oh my gosh, I didn't know about the pierogies. Yeah, it's quite quite the the wonderful menu. So good to hear that. The business is booming for the two old crows. (music) 
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. A reminder coming up after Global News at 9.30, we are going to tell you about a hilarious new book called Beat This, an unofficial Shroot Farms cookbook. So anybody who's a fan of The Office is not going to want to miss that particular segment. But right now we want to start this half hour by asking the question, Loren, will Manitoba remain in triple-digit territory when it comes to COVID case counts? Yeah, I guess it's a wait-and-see game for our next update today and then what might come in the days ahead. But, yeah, it was yesterday that the province saw 105 new cases, and that's the first time we've been in that triple-digit territory since June 26, so exactly two months ago. And of those new cases, we learned that 40 were in the Southern Health region, where, of course, we've understood over the last few months, vaccine uptake is lower. So 40 of the 105 new cases yesterday were in Southern Health. And here's a few more numbers. In the arm of Stanley, that's just outside of Winkler, 22% of the population vaccinated in Winkler, 38.5%. Martin Harder is the mayor of Winkler and joins us now. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Hey, Good morning. So we've had you on, you were on Global TV last night. You've been on our show before saying that the province needs to change the message around vaccines. So let's say you're in charge, Mr. Mayor. What would the message be? You know, I think I would use a lot more testimonies of people because uh, people that are, are vaccinated that maybe acknowledge the fact that they are also still subject to receiving COVID. And uh, my understanding is that the uh, severity is, is significantly lower. Uh, I think that's important. I think uh, we need to have some positive messages, something that we can actually sell rather than, uh, rather than just keep pushing, well, we're going to punish you for this, we're going to punish you for this. And uh, most recently, the conversation, and including uh, some surveys that are going out, well, should, should we have regional lockdowns? And... Uh, all I want to say is a regional lockdown would blow up. And uh, I know that for the people that are around here. I know that for people across Manitoba that uh, are looking at, uh, some would say, yeah, you, you should lock down. But uh, I can tell you from the people who are not prepared to take the vaccine and who are who are feeling by now that they're being targeted, it would not be good. It's been said, and we heard it said uh, in the last several months, Mr. Mayor, that Dr. Joss Reimer was maybe the more appropriate voice versus the Premier or any politicians to try and spread uh, spread the news and to, to share information about the vaccine. But the And this is a fully intentional pun on my part. The needle has moved very little on this in the last several months. And, you know, the rest of Manitoba is frustrated with this. What do you say to the citizens of the rest of Manitoba as you struggle to get the message to citizens in your part of the province? Well, it's dif- it's difficult to be a spokesperson for the province in, the re- in re- reality for me to say, well, yeah, okay, now you have to do this. I can tell you the backlash to me has been significant. And it's not because I have any control over whether or not this is the information is coming out right, or whether whether the uh, whether the um, uh, people are going to start uh, being vaccinated. All I'm saying is the push system isn't working. And you know, I looked yesterday, uh, not only in Manitoba but across Saskatchewan, Alberta, those numbers across the province are significantly lower than they are in Manitoba. And it's going to be interesting to see 
you you look at uh, the COVID uh, Delta variant, and I know that it's very serious. I said yesterday, my daughter has had it. She was in Texas, and I know what I know what it looks like, and uh, it's not pretty. And I wish I could tell everybody that, you know, even if you even if you think that's not the answer, even if you think that some people are still going to get sick, yes, they will. But at the same time, the severity is going to be significantly less. So I'm looking for a healthy community, and I want that. But uh, how to get the message across and uh, how to get people to back off from uh, coming in, riding on a high horse with a whip is not the answer. You say that testimonials would help. So do you mean testimonials from people who have been vaccinated and perhaps have since contracted COVID but maybe didn't land in an ICU bed? Like what what sort of testimonials are you looking for? I, I think that would be good. I also think it would be good for people who who are not vaccinated, who, who realize that how difficult it is to go through this uh, without a vaccine. Uh, and then obviously there needs to be some more, uh, uh, in, in a lot of cases, saying the evidence isn't there that the vaccine is actually the answer. And then you have the other argument, well, you know, the tests that are being done, they're not accurate anyway, so I don't believe the numbers. Like it's... I, I can tell you, I hear this every single day. But you're not convincing that person. I mean, you could bring out the testimony. The numbers are there that are showing that the that the unvaccinated have more severe outcomes or in hospitals. The numbers are there that are showing that, yes, some vaccinated people do contract COVID, but their outcomes, again, are less severe. We know that the hospitalizations majority are the unvaccinated. I'm, I'm just... I'm not sure what other piece of information is going to make it make a difference here. It sort of feels like the line in the sand has been drawn or they're dug in or whatever you want to call it. And I I, I don't know what a personal testimony would do if, if all that other information isn't making a difference, Mr. Mayor. Well, the, the other thing is people are also saying that uh, the, the decision to uh, to uh, to decide on the treatment belongs with the person who is faced with a dilemma and uh, i heard it yesterday from several people and giving examples for example like uh, like uh, uh, cancer treatment you have a choice whether or not you take cancer treatment or not because your health is your personal responsibility and your personal choice and we 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 set a double standard and Hmm. the other issue that is there and for me as a leader in which which concerns me a lot is the fact that the other health issues that are there, <clears throat> and including mental health, including <clears throat> the number of uh, drug overdoses that that are that are very evident, uh, not as much here, but it's certainly in the city of Winnipeg. Yeah, but I know that from the counseling session, their doors are 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 full of people needing counseling. And the answer that always comes out, well, you know, eventually, well, there's going to be money thrown at that. The money isn't the issue. Money isn't going to solve this thing. A relationship is what's going to solve it. Well, and this it seems is like those relationships are broken. Well, so in the meantime, we have a public health emergency, and uh, there are people who have absolutely one hundred percent the choice, and they have the right not to take the vaccine, but. At the same time, people need to understand, Mr. Mayor, that the rest of the province is going to pay the price. Those that are vaccinated, those that are prepared to wear masks, those that are prepared to do all the hard work that's been done over the last 18 months. And now our hospitals are on the brink 
of seeing a major influx of patients. And that doesn't just affect those that have COVID-19. It affects a lot more people. And if this doesn't change, I don't know how we're supposed to navigate this. It just feels like we're talking in circles here. Well, my concern is that we want to make sure that people are 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 healthy, and uh, I can't change their minds. I mean, I everybody wants to have the same thing in the end, but yet at the same time, uh, I, I I don't know any more what to say. Martin Harder is the mayor of Winkler. We thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time, right. sir. Thank you. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, just wanted to mention this. Last hour for our small town salute, we spoke to two old crows, Barbecue Smokehouse, Alan and Noella. Uh, It's near Miami, Manitoba, off Highway 23. And this listener says, the two old crows, Al is a real deal. Been around, I've been to 20 spots plus in the U.S. He's got it. Ribs, brisket, smoked chicken. So that just that's cool. Just wanted to share that feedback from somebody who has visited the two old crows. Also, our new question of the day at cjob.com has to do with what we're talking about today uh, as it pertains to climate change. Is climate change an election issue for you? Yes, somewhat or no. Cast your vote at cjob.com. And uh, we're going to do this in our next segment, but we are having a hard time tracking down our guests. So why don't we do this right here, Greg, until we can get our guest on the line. Uh, this has to do with what we talked to talked about last half hour with the uh, mayor of Winkler. Earlier this hour, we spoke to the mayor of Winkler in an attempt to understand why vaccination uptake is so much lower in his part of the province versus the overall vaccination rate. That's right. So there was one analogy the mayor made, one that has that he has heard from others rather, Brett, which had many of you upset. Well, the the other thing is people are also saying that uh, the the decision to uh, to uh, to decide on the treatment belongs with the person who is faced with the dilemma. And uh, I heard it yesterday from several people and giving examples. For example, like uh, like uh, uh, cancer treatment. You have a choice whether or not you take cancer treatment or not because your health is your personal responsibility and your personal choice and we 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 set a double standard two of many texts we received regarding our conversation with the mayor of winkler i'll read uh two of those for you right now with all due respect mr mayor i found your remarks reckless and disingenuous a person refusing cancer treatment does not put anyone else at risk Refusing the vaccine puts everyone at risk. Your remarks were clearly meant to pander to your constituents. Sorry, but you sound like any other politician. And this one a little bit more direct, although that first one was pretty good. I'm offended by the mayor of Winkler comparing cancer to COVID. I had cancer. I did not spread it to anyone else. COVID is contagious. Loren? Yeah, I think we both... I don't even know what to say. I don't even know. I feel sorry that people felt they had to text in to even explain that. We get that. That's just a poor comparison. It's not apples to apples at all. Cancer is not contagious. What I choose to do with my cancer diagnosis impacts me and my family on an emotional and mental level, but it would only impact me on a physical level. What I choose to do with COVID and the vaccine doesn't just impact me. It impacts my family and my community as to whether or not I want to be part of the solution or part of the problem. And I would argue right now there are too many people that are part of the problem 
in that area. And yeah, they don't like to be blamed for things or have their fingers pointed at them. But the vaccine uptake in that region is ridiculously low, just some 22% in the arm of Stanley, just shy of 40% in the Winkler area. That's so far from where we need to be. And it is, it is like, it's, if you travel to that area, it's like you've just crossed a border into another country to which you're like, oh, hang on. This is the opposite town. There are no masks here and none of these things are going on that we've, the rest of us have been doing for months and fine. Sure, you have your personal choice, I guess, but please do not insult cancer survivors by comparing it like that. Yeah, Sean emailed to say, I'm sorry, but Harder's message from relayed message from the community he represents is nothing short of mind numbing. If you don't want the vaccine, fine, don't get it. But let's not insult the rest with silly excuses. He's in a lousy position, no doubt. And he's just a voice. It's not on him. But these are adults making excuses, whether they're his or not, is just lacking. I respect the choice, but not the oversimplified excuse. They first blamed Pallister's message, and then it was we want Reimer messaging, and and now we want testimonials, and then it's going to be something else. So, we appreciate the feedback from Sean uh, on email. That was to brett at cjob.com. You can also email mackling at cjob.com or mcnab at cjob.com or, of course, text us at 204-780-6868, Greg. You know, I... We, we, we maybe should have called the mayor on that, but that was not his personal philosophy. He was relaying something that he had heard. But if I'm being genuine and open and honest on my reaction to that discussion, sometimes what you need to do is just give people an opportunity to speak and all will reveal itself. And I think a lot was revealed in that conversation with regard to what we are up against. And if the we is the rest of Manitoba... Not trying to draw any lines here, but let's be honest, uh, lines in the sand do need to be drawn. They've been drawn multiple times during this pandemic, and we are trying to find balance. But when you have people that are unwilling to play ball or even get involved in the conversation on how to figure out what the genuine answer is in getting out of this, you said it, Loren, either you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm trying to find a way to have more patience because what I don't like is the divide he mentioned, and he, he is right, that divide is deepening, and the anger and frustration is growing on both sides of the debate, you know, whether you're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. And I'm, I'm sitting here trying to find a way to think, okay, well, what could we do next? Because if I'm going to be part of the solution – or if the provinces or officials are, what can we say next that would make a difference here? Um, and I feel like the answer might be nothing, which just makes me throw my hands up in the air and makes me a little, a little sad. And I don't know where you go next with that because we're two weeks away from all sorts of different mingling occurring in the school system and the sports system and going you know, from region to region and all sorts of People are coming in and out of the city from all sorts of places across the province for their back-to-school shopping. We're all, you know, we've heard it over and over again. It's not like you can just stay in your bubble. That's not how the economy or life works. And so our interactions are increasing, it feels like, just as we might have little trust in certain parts of the province. And I'm genuinely perplexed. If I was in a communications role within health, what would I be saying next? I don't know. 
We we and also we should probably share some of the feedback that we because we do get all kinds of feedback uh, from from listeners who perhaps don't want to take the vaccine or who have not have chosen not to take it. And one of the, the comments we often get is a segregation or discrimination. One listener says, I just find it strange. Uh, no one from your station wants to or will talk about the unknown long-term effects. This is what's stopping most of us from taking it. And this listener goes on to say, I just feel that the media doesn't want to understand the real reasons why some of us have chosen not to take this particular vaccine. Freedom includes the right to choose what goes into my body. And that's, we have asked the question multiple times over the last 17 months what your thoughts are. And as it pertains to the vaccine in more recent months, we would love to hear from you. And I would like to be able to have a respectful discussion on this. But, Greg, we touched on this yesterday. Sometimes it's become like it used to be politics, right? Yeah, that would that would be the the one that you wouldn't want to talk about, at, say at the family dinner. Sure. But now it's the the all you got to say is vaccine, and that it's like it's like pulling the pin on a grenade of anger at e- times. Even if you all agree on it, you end up taking up a half hour or forty five minutes of conversation with people that you haven't seen in forever. So it is the dominant topic. But you know that texture is absolutely correct. You're right. You have all those rights, but we are at a point in this pandemic, unfortunately, where the best strategy, the most effective piece of equipment is the vaccine. And so if you don't want to take it, that's fine. But public health officials, while we debate all these other things, public health officials are going to have to take a stand, a hardline stand, like they've done multiple times over the last several months. Yes, we want you to be able to open and operate your business. However, under the circumstances, we cannot allow that to take place. If it takes place, it's under these circumstances. We've been at this point multiple times, forks in the road. And this next one is one that might not be palatable for a lot of folks. Difficult decisions are going to have to be made here. Yeah, what are you, so go ahead, Loren. Well, I was just going to say, and I want to be clear too, that I come from a place where I never wanted to get to this point. And I think this is where the health officials were. They'd rather have education than force anyone to do anything. And I agree with that, right? If you're educated, you'll make your choice and you'll move on. And so we've had those education campaigns going on and I get that. And I, I don't like the idea of, of having to force people into this. I get it. I get that it's hard, but here we are. I just don't know how much more data, what, what, what's left to be said. What number does someone need to have? or read or see what are the lingering questions and and maybe we'll try to get some of those answers then back for you Headline at globalnews.ca says that talking to strangers can make you happier. So we're asking you to tell us a story about an encounter with a stranger for a chance to win bomber tickets for Sunday versus Calgary. GMAC, do you see this text that I've dropped in here on the riverboat? I do. I see it. Do you want me to read it? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was obvious. 15 years ago, Friday river boot, uh, boot, river boat cruises, and I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking here. A Friday river boat cruises, and I had been quite a few times. This time, however, I was not too excited to be there. I went with a few friends that I didn't know very well and was not, Uh, having too much fun. That is when a girl walked up beside me on the rail and had a drink with her friend. 
I decided right then and there that I was going to find love with this girl. So we started talking, hit it off, and I moved in three months later. Wow. Got married two years later, yeah. had two beautiful kids, and are still together to this day. If I hadn't spoken to a stranger that day, my whole life would have been very different and unfulfilling. Wow. Brazen, bold, but life is now made in the shade. Good for you. See, that's part of that. That's always been my biggest problem. If you talk about like conversations, what's your biggest fear? And mine is rejection. And it's debilitating to the point where I, I could not do that. And I wonder how many opportunities have I potentially blown for happiness. So this makes me happy just to see that you just put it. it it's like. Uh, Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's like Samwise Gamgee at the end of Lord of the Rings where he's, uh, you know, he's sitting at the table and he he's chugs his beer, slams it down, and he goes over to see the barmaid. And I guess he planted a big kiss on her because um, he was always admiring her from afar. Loren. Oh, I, I was like trying to figure out what movie you, you were going to use in reference to how this <laughs> That was not feel. the one I was expecting either, Loren. No, neither was I. That's why I laughed out loud. But uh, you know what? I I, uh, I think the idea is the more you put yourself out there, the more success you'll have. Should I should I do a sports analogy here? What did, was it not Gretzky? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It's actually his dad, but that's okay. Was it his, oh, really? Right. I'm pretty sure there's a sign upstairs somewhere that attributes oh, that to the old Wayne. Uh, absolutely. And it's always been attributed to him, and I'm not uh, poking any holes in what you're saying at all, Loren. It's just, it's a widely misattributed quote. It's actually his dad that said that. Oh, well, look at that. Suzanne says, I love talking to strangers, and once in a while you just happen to talk to a stranger who, after the first few words, you end up connecting like you were long-lost friends. This happened to me when we were in the Caribbean on holidays. Myself and another lady, we were just cooling off in the water, struck up a conversation in the water, and ended up having an outstanding visit for over two hours. So for the rest of her holiday, we would seek each other out at the beach, just continue our conversation right where we left off, as if no time had passed. Our husbands (laughs) threatened to separate us at one point so that they could participate in the conversation. We ended up going out to dinner with this couple once or twice, and the girls' conversation just carried on. Poor husbands. As it turned out, she and her husband were very good friends with my brother-in-law who lives in the Netherlands. What? Life is absolutely strange and wonderful sometimes. <laughs> Can you look at the small world we live in? Love those mysterious connections. Uh, I, I think I've told the story when the, when the boys were born, we went to the hospital without a bag. We had nothing, absolutely nothing. And there were no cameras and phones in the back in uh, those days. At least I didn't have one. Long story short, we ended up borrowing a, a camera to get pictures of the boys the days that they, they were born. It ended up being Dan Vadabonker, who ended up, well, he's a colleague of ours here at CJOB, had never met Dan. Ten years later, we figured it out. Hey, you're the guy that borrowed my mother-in-law's camera at the hospital. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> you have 15 minutes to get in for the bomber tickets, tell us a story about strangers. Chance to win the bomber tickets for Sunday. Text us at 204-780-6868, and we'll give those away just after 9.15. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Story time. 
with the CJOB family. Gather around the fire, children. We have some bomber tickets to give away for Sunday's game against Calgary based on your stories on Stranger Encounters. And we've got one from Sharon, one from Henry, and then one from our eventual winner. So, Loren, why don't you read Sharon's? I'll have to pick up my microphone to do that, won't I? So here I am. Microphone has been picked up. I love Sharon's because I love a romance. Sharon texted to say, 25 years ago, my brother received a wrong number call, ended up chatting for an hour, then dated that person for a year, then married. They have two beautiful kids and are still married. Stranger encounter, chance phone call, love of a lifetime. Wow. Like a a wrong... I don't know that I have ever had a conversation with the wrong number. Usually just wrong number, click, <laughs> and that's it. I don't have the patience. Greg? Oh, I, you, would, you, would you be surprised to learn I've had conversations with people with the wrong number? <laughs> Sorry, wrong number. That's no problem. Who were you trying to get? Maybe I can help you out. Yeah, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. But now that I don't answer my phone unless I know who's calling me, uh, my life has been robbed of those interactions. Oh. Uh, Henry Pauls says, picked up a, a hitchhiker I felt sorry for in Montana, the Glacier Park on route to Calgary. I regretted this instantly as this stench coming from him was unbearable. I also noticed that he was uh, somewhat challenged and rambled on nonstop, which I didn't pay attention to because my head was out of the window. His twitching and hand gestures were also annoying. After a little while, he said that he wanted to go to Canada with me. I then hit the brakes and told him that that he would have to visit Canada some other time. (laughs) A bunch of air fresheners as the stench lingered all the way to Calgary. This stranger did not make me happy. Thank you, Henry. And our winning text comes from Lisa D. And no, it's not Lisa Dutton from Global News. And I verified we actually oh, have. Oh, you did? You made sure? Well, because we, we have Lisa, we actually have Lisa Dutton in our text contacts. And then there's Lisa D. Uh, so we just wanted to make sure because we can't give it to one of our colleagues. But Lisa D says, I had the most amazing encounter with the kindest stranger. While walking home from work one day, there was a lady on the side of the walk scouring the ground. I asked if she needed help and she told me she was looking for the good. I didn't understand at first, but she kept insisting that she just saw it and needed to find it again. So I started to help her look for her good all over the area. I had no idea what I was even looking for. After 20 minutes of walking around with her, I told her I had to carry on home, but wanted to come back and help her if I could. She said she would be there. So I went home, changed, packed up some waters, went back to help her. She was there, and when I got back, she told me that she's lonely because she just lost her husband. She was searching for him for days, she said, to help heal her. She told me that she found some good when I stopped to help. She'd been outside all day and no one stopped to see if she needed help. You never know who needs some kindness. Always be kind. So Lisa D, for your story on your stranger encounter, you win the bomber tickets for Sunday against Calgary. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. We are about to do something that we've been wanting to do for a few days, but we simply could not do this without Loren while she was off, given her love of the TV show The Office. So here's a fun scene from the show to set this up. You know, you can always refinance your mortgage. We had a 15-year on our beet farm. We paid it off early. Yeah, well, you know what? Nobody cares about your stupid beet farm. 
Beets are the worst. People love beets. Nobody likes beets. Everyone loves beets. Nobody likes beets, Dwight. Why don't you grow something that everybody does like? You should grow candy. I'd love a piece of candy right now. Not a beet. Oh, I love that quote. You know, the first rule in roadside beet sales, Brett, is you put the most attractive beets on top, the ones that make you pull the car over and go, wow, that's a good-looking beet. It's a Dwight Schrute quote, and here's one more just to make Greg happy. I think he'll like this one anyway. Those who can't farm, farm celery. (laughs) Yes! Yes! 100%. Our next goal is to bring on someone who talks about celery recipes. But I digress. I love the show. I love The Office. And I do like beets. And there's a new book out that makes the declaration fact. The beet is the most superior plant-based food ever discovered. The book is called Beet This, (laughs) an unofficial Shroot Farms cookbook. And one of the authors is Keith Rigert, and Keith joins us now. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I normally don't do this on the fly, but Rigert or Rigert? Apologies for that. Uh, Rigert. 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 There either you go. one works. Keith Rigert. I, we have to ask. I, I do love beets. I just had some the other night. I've grown them in my garden for the first time this year. Not successfully, but they're there. Uh, I don't know how many recipes I can think have beets in them. So how did this all begin? Like what made you write a beet based cookbook? Uh, so my, my two other co-authors and I have been kicking this around our office for a while. And in the middle of the pandemic, we finally decided we got to do a Shroot Farms cookbook. And we had been looking at these old 19th century cookbooks Uh, especially from the Pennsylvania area and looking for beet recipes. And we found a remarkable number of quality beet recipes uh, dating way, way back. So we we took on the project. This was a pandemic project. We all rewatched the office over and over again, started living in Dwight Schrute's head. And this is what came out of it. That's a dangerous place to be at the best of times, Keith. Hey, I dip, typically march to the beat of my own drummer over here. Uh, but I have to ask you, uh, what's your favorite recipe here? Like, for someone who is not only doesn't like beets, I'm totally anti-beet. Uh, can you can you give me one that might turn the table for me? Yeah, so I, I gotta say that I'm not the biggest beet fan either. I've got a two-year-old who really loves beets, but I haven't gotten there. Uh, But I do really like the beet chips recipe. If you're looking for a snack, um, it's a a great alternative to potato chips. Can I put them in my uh, hell of a dip? Will that work? (laughs) I think so, yeah. They're very versatile. Okay, I say you've made a compelling argument, sir. I shall try that, just like that. Sold. Yeah, if you... If you have an air fryer, it's a great way to make them and a a good introduction to beets if you're not really into the root vegetable world. You know what? I've had the beet chips, uh, Greg and Loren. They've got them at uh, Pine Ridge Hollow, I believe, and I was blown away at how good they are. So I'm going to take your word on this, Keith. Uh, How much fun did you guys have putting this book together? It was an amazing amount of fun. It was very challenging at the beginning just to sort of get the the Dwight Schrute voice, but once we were rolling, it was such a hoot. 
And, uh, you know, I reread the book when we first got our copies out, and I was laughing out loud to our own content. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah, you have to have that Dwight Schrute-like confidence, like the line that you have right off the hop, ask yourself, what wouldn't an idiot make for dinner? And the answer would be yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got You got to find a way to be, like, oddly confident, almost uh, snobby about the beat. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you gotta love the beat. It's a, it's a superfood. It is, you know, such a good thing to be putting into your body, even if you don't really like the umami flavor of it. Now, I'm looking at some of the recipes here uh, that are highlighted in the press release, and one of them. Uh, and I, I looked at this list earlier, I swear, but I clearly missed this. Spicy fried rattlesnake with pickled beets. Yep. Yeah, so the the idea behind the book was we wanted to come up with a set of recipes that we think could have been passed down through the Shroot family over the generations. So we, we really went into, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch cooking and came up with a number of recipes that are easy to make, fun to make, would would really go well with any dinner. But we also included some funnier recipes like the spicy fried rattlesnake or pigeons and jelly, which apparently was a big 19th century dish. We don't expect anybody to make it, but we wanted to include it as as a little, you know, homage to troop farms of old. I'm sure we could swap out other poultry for that, and that might work out just fine. Have you had any pushback from from the folks at, at NBC or the producers of The Office with the name of this? You know, we're, we're crossing our fingers and hoping that doesn't happen. We were very careful to make this, you know, a, a celebration of Dwight Schrute without coming too close to The Office, but... We did send a copy to Rain Wilson. I'm I'm hoping that he's going to enjoy it. We really loved writing the book. Sorry, I was looking at the recipes there. So if you had a favorite one, what would you pick it would be? What would you pick it? <laughs> I'm, I'm mixing up my words here. What I, would you pick? Yeah, so I like the sweet and sour beets. Um, gives a little flavor that masks the beatiness. But I also just loved the head note that uh, Sam Kaplan wrote for for this one. It, would it be okay if I read it? Please. All right. Fact. The human mouth can only detect five flavors. Sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and umami. False. <laughs> the human mouth can actually detect at least nine flavors, including sweet, salty, sour, bitter, umami, deception, fear, adrenaline, and blood. <laughs> if crafted correctly, this deceptively simple dish balances all of these flavors. <laughs> Outstanding. I, I love the craftiness. I love the tongue-in-cheek and uh, the, the outright uh, guts to create a book all about beets and beet re recipes. This is really good stuff, Keith. How's it been selling? What's the response been? Yeah, we've gotten orders from Walmart, Target. It's going in everywhere, Chapters, uh, Powell's, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It, we got fantastic orders, and we're really hoping that it does well. 
as we head into the holidays. It's gotten great response, great reviews. And yeah, the recipes are fantastic. We actually worked with some professional recipe developers to hone these for the modern kitchen and make sure that they were actually edible <laughs> dishes. So I have, I have high hopes for the book. It was such a fun book to write. It is a very funny book to read. Uh, I, I hope that it does well. Have you tried the home distilled beet vodka? I'm not a big distiller. Um, in my in my author note there, it says that I'm a, a taxidermist, <laughs> an amateur taxidermist. So I got to keep my hobbies limited. You know, don't have too much time. Well, and congratulations for winning second place in the distinguished Westmoreland County Biannual Pennsylvania Native Fauna Full Body Mount <laughs> Taxidermy Competition. Thank you very much. Uh, Wait, none is this of that a true, is true fact? By the way. <laughs> okay, there we go. It's not true. No, none of it is true. <laughs> okay. but, uh, Can I we actually get this book, Keith? That. Is anything that we've discussed is it uh, does it actually exist? This, it, the the book does I, exist. The book exists. Uh, you know, it, it's based on a fictional character, so some of it might be fiction. I can't get enough of this. Be prepared to be transported to a magical beet-filled corner of northeast Pennsylvania. Or don't, and die of hunger, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Keith Riegert, one of the authors of Beat This, an unofficial Shroot Farms cookbook. This has been a real pleasure. Good for you guys for for doing this, uh, because The Office is one of those shows that uh, I hope sticks around for forever. And it's stuff like this that's going to keep its memory alive. Thank you. I totally agree. And hopefully one day we'll all be back in the office. Very well said. Uh, Keith Riegert from Beat This, the unofficial Shroot Farms cookbook. Uh, no, I know, Loren, uh, they sent us a PDF copy of this, but oh, I feel I like need you a need... a hard copy. Yeah. Yes. Man, you need a hard copy from the man whose ability to... He can raise and lower his own cholesterol at will. You know, I mean, he is a... <laughs> he's a marvel of medical science, and the beet is a marvel of root vegetables... I got to get this book. I'm sorry. I have to apologize through that, through that whole interview. I was reading the different quotes they had in there, and then I was cross-referencing Dwight Schrute wrote quotes, and I was trying to listen, but I thought, I really... <laughs> How there was no spinoff with just a Dwight Schrute show? I do not know. They almost did one, but they squashed it. Yeah. That's I mean, right. I, I get it. He, he, was, he, was, he needed his uh, entourage to make that successful, but oh... And Greg, before we go, I see that you've flagged a text from Trevor. Yeah, really quick here. About 10 years ago, I went on vacation to the Philippines. This is just to wrap up our discussion about uh, kindness to strangers and was sitting in a bar on a rainy evening and things went fairly quiet to begin with. I was sitting near the entrance and a guy poked his head in. He was about to walk away and I said, hey, bud, come in out of the rain and I'll buy you a beer. He came in, we chatted. Eventually, things got around to places we travel. We both mentioned we had been to the Dominican Republic. Turns out we knew some of the same people, but the real eye-opener was when he said he stayed at a certain condo. Said he was there a couple months prior. I stayed in the exact same condo just a month earlier, and we stayed in the exact same room. And we both knew the owner very well. We became instant bunnies, buddies, pardon me, hung out for a few nights, stayed in touch for years. It's such a small world. There you go. You never know who you're saying hi to. Great can't story, can't Trevor. Can't beat that pun. <laughs> I've been completely derailed. I'm sorry. It's okay. And I'm glad we waited to do this when, when Loren was here. We we could not have. It would have been blasphemy Idiot. had we done 
Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.